Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are friends with Fantasy Benefits. Mike, how hard are you right now? Oh man, I, I've been hard since you, you know, said hi. Welcome to Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast. So if I win employing the strategy, I'm going to take all the credit. But if I lose, I'm going to blame you two. I'll go back to the podcast. They gave me this advice. We are friends with Fantasy Benefits. You sound like my wife. My wife has been using that strategy for years. When things go well, she takes all the credit. When things don't go well, she blames it on me. I like her style. She's a smart woman. We are friends with Fantasy Benefits. Yeah, w- way to save it right, right there, because you know she's going to listen to this podcast, so she, she was about to get really mad at you. Yeah, she stopped listening to me a decade ago. We are friends with Fantasy Benefits. Welcome to the Friends of Fantasy Benefits Baseball Podcast. I am Justin Mason, lead fantasy writer and analyst for FriendsOfFantasyBenefits.com. Joining me on this episode is Eli Rosenswake. Eli, how you doing? Doing good. What about you, buddy? I am doing fantastically. Uh, It's good to have you on. We got a review recently, uh, and you can give us a review on iTunes if you give us a five-star review. uh, That'll get you entered in to win some of our cool swag we're giving away. I'm going to give away a t-shirt on the Monday Night Show coming up this week. But we got a a review that was clamoring for more Eli. Uh, Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. So (laughs) I was was bound to have one fan out there eventually. (laughs) Yeah, I think we found him. So uh, ho- maybe he will be one of the reviews we choose to get some free swag. So definitely keep uh, keep throwing us those five-star reviews. It really helps us out uh, and lets, allows us to kind of give out this content for free over and over and over again. But joining us today is a fantastic special guest, Walter Kubiski of SiriusXM. Walter, how you doing? It's great to be here there, Justin. How are you? I'm doing well. Walter, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself, what you do, because uh, you write for a number of different spots, uh, and then you're also, like I mentioned, on SiriusXM. So give people a little bit of rundown of where they can find all your work, and then where people could reach you on social media. Oh, very cool. Yes, I host the Insider Baseball Show on the channel until July, then it switches over to the football. But uh, that's a lot of fun. I have that with Lou and Michael, and we have a blast. And I also write over at InsiderBaseball.com a couple of times a week and also contribute over there at MLB.com. Nice. And then where can people reach you on social media? 
It is at Walter Kaberski, K-U-B-E-R-S-K-I. I don't have the nice last name like Mason, but, you know, it worked. <laughs> yeah, e- Eli went the, uh, the the simple route. He, j- he just wrote Eli FWFB to kind of cut That's out. That's a smart strategy. That's why he got that good review. He's smarter than me, see? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eli's figured out this social media thing with his 130 <laughs> followers. I tweet like once a month. <laughs> that's probably pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, that's actually the best way to do it. So <laughs> let's. Uh... Hey, I have like 175 followers. Thank you very much. Don't shortchange Ooh, me. And they're that's... all very loyal. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, if you're looking for in-depth bachelor uh, and bachelorette analysis, Eli is the person to go to on Twitter. Damn straight. So, uh, but we will not be starting a bachelorette podcast anytime soon. Let's, you don't uh, want to talk about Rachel's decision? I thought that's why I was here. I'm out. I, I don't even know who Rachel is. She was in my notes, too. I guess I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Let's we, jump can talk, we can talk off air, Douglas. Yeah. Okay, very good. <laughs> Let's jump into uh, 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 a uh, a little bit more interesting topic, at least for a fantasy baseball discussion. Uh, and let's start with uh, the Jay Bruce trade. He was traded to the Indians, uh, and it uh, corresponded with uh, the Indians putting Michael Brantley on the DL. So I wanted to kind of talk about these two players from a rest-of-the-year perspective, and then Michael Brantley kind of more from a, a next-year perspective. Uh, so I'll start with you, Walter. What are your thoughts on Jay Bruce now on the Indians, uh, and then Michael Brantley moving forward into next season? I like the trade for Jay Bruce. You know, he's uh, getting a good park factor boost from you know the Mets there, and going into Cleveland, I think he's going to get a good boost there. And I love the power this year. It's been incredible to see what he's doing with the hard hit rate, the fly ball rates, both going up, and he's hitting left-handers well. So should play every day, and I think his value gets a nice boost, a better lineup too, all around. Yeah, Eli, what are your thoughts on on Jay Bruce moving to uh, Cleveland? Yeah, I love Jay Bruce. He's just so consistent, but he never seems to get the love for it. I think maybe it's because he's he's never had 35 homers. He's only had 100 RBIs once. Uh, he's never been a, a guy that hits for a good average, but he's slugging over 500 for the third straight year. I'll take 30 homers, 80 runs, almost 100 RBIs any day. I, I don't care if he doesn't run or hurts your average. He's still a pretty good three-category guy. Well, and I mean, in this day and age of uh, people striking out more and uh, and kind of going for the fences – uh, the average doesn't hurt as bad as it used to. So, I mean, Jay Bruce is just one of those kind of solid veterans. You kind of know what you're going to get from him every year. Uh, gets a little bit of a, a uptick moving to Cleveland, uh, moving out of City Field, uh, which I like. And in the middle of a much nicer lineup than he was uh, going uh, or he, he was participating in on a day-to-day basis in New York. So you got to love that. Uh, I, I wrote on fan graphs after the trade happened uh, that he's having a Jay Brucean type year. Like there's not a ton of analysis to necessarily give about his season because he's pretty much doing what you drafted him to do. Uh, and you got him probably cheaper than you probably should have. So uh, uh, I, I think you're getting your money's worth and more now with Jay Bruce. Uh, talking about Michael Brantley, who, again, like I mentioned, was was placed on the DL. Uh, I, I don't necessarily know how long he's uh, you know looking to be out, but it was long enough, I think, that they decided that this move was the right move for them to make for the playoff run. Uh, Eli, you took him in our three-sport draft, and I think you took him a, a little bit earlier than I would be willing to do so. So tell me what you like about Michael Brantley moving into next year. Well, I didn't think I took him that early. He's going to be my fifth outfielder, so I'm not really relying on him to be a stud. Uh, you know, I'm not surprised he's hurt. It's always something with him, it seems. But, you know, he's been really solid this year, despite the, you know, the injuries and all that. He was on pace for 
a kind of like a Christian Yelich type season. Good average, a fair amount of runs, some speed, some power. Um, I know it's hard to trust him at this point moving forward, but I think you can get him at a really big discount next year because people are really frustrated with him at this point. Like everyone's had him and had had him injured over the last couple of years, so. You just kind of roll the dice a little bit, hope that he has a mostly healthy season, and you get pretty good production for where you're going to have to draft him. Walter, what are your thoughts on Brantley heading into next year? Yeah, I agree. He's, uh, I think, underrated going into next year. I can see it happening. People scared off by these perpetual injury concerns, but elite contact rate, 88%. You know, the guy just doesn't strike out at all, and not a great great power speed guy just kind of a middling maybe low teens on both but i think in this environment batting average is so important i'm going to pay special attention to that next year i think it's hard to predict that of course with some fluctuations but he's one of those really safe i think 29300 guys every year yeah i've i've never been a michael brantley guy um and it's definitely uh, shown itself more uh, w- with the injuries over the last few years. I just don't know where we can pencil him in in terms of plate appearances next year. I yeah. mean, it, for me, you know, this is a guy that I don't think, in spite of the fact that he had like four straight seasons between 2012 and 2015, where he put up virtually 600 plate appearances every year, uh, only falling just short in 2015. Uh, since then, he, he has just not been able to stay on the field. He was only able to get in 11 games last year. He's uh, got 372 plate appearances this year so far. Uh, I think he's one of those guys that is going to have sneaky good value next year because I think people will kind of pass him up because the counting numbers aren't necessarily uh, that flashy. Uh, but I don't think he's a guy you can necessarily pen- – Pencil into your lineup every day. Uh, he's not a set it and forget it type guy, and those kind of scare me, especially if you're playing in deeper format leagues. Um, and so for that reason, I'm probably going to be out on Michael Brantley, but I'm not going to badger anybody who who, who goes after him next season. Well, you seem to badger me a little bit, uh, you know, saying I took it way too early in the three-sport draft, so go to hell. Well, I <laughs> I just – there were other guys uh, – I'd have to bring up the three-sport draft. Uh, yeah, uh, because draft, uh, no, there no, guy you've, no guy you've ever taken where I thought, yeah, come on, you've never taken a guy a little early. No, you take I, everyone no, at the exact right I, time. I do, and, and that's why I continuously win things. Uh, I forget who won three-sport year one and is going to so, win it now. Stop, oh, yeah, me. Right. stop living in the past, Eli. I'm going to win it this year, too, in like a month when the season's over. Uh, that that's still not to be that still hasn't been decided. I I I may surprise you, but let's uh let's move on and talk about someone who is uh starting to turn things around a little bit, and I don't think he is necessarily being talked about enough. Uh, that's Jake Arrieta has been putting together uh, a nice stretch of starts here. So Walter, what are your thoughts on Jake Arrieta moving forward? He's been better. I'm just a little bit concerned that we've seen the best of Jake Arrieta. I think he's a great pitcher, very cerebral pitcher, takes care of his body. So I think he's going to be durable, and I think he'll be a solid maybe number two type. But I don't like what I see with the strikeout you know, the rate. The swing and strike rate is down a little bit, and probably because of that velocity. The ground ball rate also down a little bit. I don't like to see that too, but he always limits the hard contact rate. He just knows how to pitch and get out of jams. So I like him, but I'm a little bit bearish on taking him as my ace next year. Eli, what are your thoughts on Arietta? Everything he said, I completely agree with. I mean, he's having a down year, but he's still going to have a sub-4 ERA, 15 wins, 180 strikeouts. Uh, he has seemed to ter- turn the season around. I agree with not the fantasy ace he was the past three years, but he's still a guy that I want in my rotation more as like a you know solid number two with a little bit of upside. And, and also, like his, his K rate is basically the exact same as last year. His walk rate's actually improved. It just seems like he's been getting a little unlucky with homer rate, um, left on base percentage. Um, I do... I do 
I am a little concerned about the velocity dip and the ground ball rate, but he's still pretty damn good overall. I, I'm very torn on Jake Arrieta. I mean, he was a guy that I was uh, fairly high on. I mean, I, w- I don't want to say I was necessarily you know higher than the industry on him coming into the year, but I think I was right on par. I think I had him you know, kind of towards the bottom of my uh, top 10, top 12 pitchers uh, coming into the season. And so I definitely I looked at him as an ace, uh, and he, he definitely has disappointed up until now. But the, this last stretch, I mean, since July, since the beginning of July, he's got a 218 ERA. Uh, he's not striking guys out at a, an elite clip, and that's, I think, what you were mentioning, Walter, uh, is something to be a little bit concerned about. But he's stopped walking, guys, for the most part, uh, about two two walks per nine, less than a homer uh, per nine in, in this stretch, uh, really limiting uh, damage when he does let people on. So I think these are things to be very uh, encouraged about. Uh, I would like to kind of, you know, I'm going to monitor his strikeouts and monitor his velocity through the rest of the season. For me, it'll be interesting to see where he lands because he is a free agent at the end of this season. Uh, and with this kind of rebound, especially if the Cubs rebound, you could see him get a big payday somewhere else. Uh, and it, it really depends kind of where he ends up in terms of uh, and what his value is going to look like. But I think he's probably a solid, you know, mid to low end uh, starting pitcher, too next year for me uh, and that may actually price me out on him because I think there's a chance if if he continues to pitch well that people are going to kind of rebound him up towards the lower end starting pitcher one uh, high end starting pitcher two next year so let's go ahead and move on and talk about uh, Francisco Lindor another guy who has started off kind of slow but is really starting to pick things up as of late so Eli what are your thoughts on Francisco Lindor uh, rest of this season and going into next year I think he's pretty much the same player he was before. It just seems like he's hitting more homers. He's hitting a lot more fly balls, so that's uh, and the homer to fly ball rate is way up. So I think most some of these homers are I, I buy because of the change of approach. But I think he's been getting a little lucky. Um, at quick glance, you could you could say he's selling out for power, but I think some of the drop in average is just bad luck and bad. But so I expect the average to come up a little bit. Maybe the homers go down a little. I'm a little bummed that his speed is about cut in half. I think he had like 20, 19 steals this year. He's on pace for about 10 this year, but. Uh, you know, he's about a, a pretty much a five-category contributor shortstop, and there's just not many guys that do that these days. So, yeah, I love Lindor. Walter, what are your thoughts on uh, Francisco Lindor? I don't know what to make of Lindor. I mean, obviously, just as you said, still a great hitter. Really hasn't sacrificed his approach too much. He's changed his swing a bit to get more loft, but, you know, still making great contact, still walking a fair amount. At 23, I don't know what to expect going into his 24 season. I think he has the ability to put it all together and you know get some of those steals back and maybe hit a few more balls on the ground to get that batting average up. Uh, he's been a little unlucky, but I still think that's going to take a bit of a hit with all these fly balls. So I think he's going to have a better season next year. I can see him finding that middle ground, and I think he probably will be a little bit underrated next year. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the issues, I think, with the stat cast era is players look at some of the – look at some of the data and go, okay, I need to add launch angle. I need to add this and add that. And sometimes it works out. And sometimes it kind of makes you a little bit of a worse player. And I think maybe this is something the Indians, who are a very smart organization, will take a look at and say, hey, maybe uh, maybe sacrifice a little bit of that power that you've been uh, you've been trying to add uh, and get back to kind of spraying the ball around a little bit more. Because, I mean, he's still... Uh, even though he's been uh, better as of late in terms of the average, 
uh, he, he's still actually lifting the ball uh, just as much, if not more. He, his fly ball percentage is up in the month of August over where it's been, and it's been up this year over last year. So I think maybe this is something that in the offseason you'll see the Indians try to correct uh, because I just don't think he's as useful as a fantasy owner if he's not batting 300, if he's not stealing you know, 15 to 20 bags. Uh, I think we'd rather see him kind of go back to the 2016 version uh, and I think I'm sure the Indians will probably look into uh, in, into changing things around, maybe have him kind of revert back to his old approach a little bit more uh, and, and stop trying to focus on the home runs. Home runs are great, but you can't steal bases if you're if you're walking around them. <laughs> uh, let's uh, l- let's talk about uh, Trevor Rosenthal because he has uh, taken over as, as the closer in uh, in. Uh, St. Louis, uh, they they finally they finally disposed of uh, O, and now he has actually been absolutely fantastic. And I'm wondering what you guys think about his value kind of coming into next year. Is this a guy that you would target in keeper leagues, in dynasty leagues, in redrafts next year, Walter? What are your thoughts? I'm skeptical of really any reliever at this point, but especially Rosenthal. He's shown this fluctuation in his walk rate. It seems like every other kind of year, you know, two and a half to three, then up to five to six, back down to that two to three range. And he's back into that three and a half range, which is, you know, usable, workable for him this year because he's striking everybody out. I mean, 16% swing and strike rate, just ridiculous. His fastball's up a little bit. He looks good, but I think he's just living on the edge still. I'm not a big fan of that walk rate still being above three and not throwing first pitch strikes enough, in my opinion, 59%. So he's effective. He's great when he's you know doing well and all right. But when, once something goes a little bit awry in that delivery, I think he can lose it in a hurry and really hurt you and lose the job. So I'm a little bit bearish on him. What are your thoughts, Eli? Are you bearish or bullish on Trevor Rosenthal? Well, I kind of agree there. I, I buy him more towards – I buy him for next year and the rest of the season. I don't really buy him in, in dynasty leagues. Like you said, uh, you know, relievers are so volatile. You can never trust them year to year, especially this guy. He's so erratic and so inconsistent. Obviously, he's got filthy stuff, and he's the undisputed closer right now on a team that usually wins close games. So he's been the lead over the last month, top five in the player radar. Like Walter said, his velocity's ticked up one and a half miles an hour from last year, which is really encouraging. But from year to year, you can't trust this guy. But I'm definitely going to try to get him – next year and just hope that he is good enough as yeah i don't need him to be this good as long as he's getting like 30 saves on on that team that's all i care about with a ton of strikeouts but yeah long term you can't trust this guy yeah my only fear is that this uh this kind of hot second half if it continues people are going to start taking him way too high and he's probably going to fall in like that intermediate range of closers for me that end up not really wanting to be a part of anyways you know the Ken guy, Ken Giles group, where like you know you, you look at these guys and oh you kind of saliv- salivate on their stuff, uh, but they just never can quite seem to put it all together, harness uh, the amazing stuff that that's in that arm, uh, and I just I worry that it's so hard because not only is his walk rate kind of all over the place from year to year. I mean, this is a guy that's dealt with homer issues too. I mean, his his uh, his home run per nine is is. Uh, way down, comparatively speaking, to where it was last year. It's back kind of into the is 2015 range when he was an elite closer. But you wonder if that can maintain. The projection systems don't believe it can. Uh, I just – and I, you know what? At the end of the day, I don't trust Mike Matheny. I really don't. I just 
you know, I know Matt Thompson, you know, yeah, you sound like Matt. Thompson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I know Matt like rails against uh, Mike Matheny, but it's for good reason. You know, might or uh, Matt may be a little hyperbolic at times uh, with it uh, because he he's a Cardinals fan and it really hurts his soul. And, you know, he, when Matheny makes stupid decisions, but I just don't trust Matheny as a manager to put the right guy in the right situation. And so I, I, I worry about him kind of dicking around with, with Rosenthal and uh, next season. So I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from it. And I never buy uh, closers uh, unless, unless they're like short-term keeper leagues uh, in, in dynasty or keeper formats. For me, it's uh, the, the position turns around, turns over too often. Uh, who's good, who's not, who's got a job and who doesn't. Uh, where it's just not worth investing heavily in in a dynasty format uh, unless you're planning on winning right now. Uh, let's talk about Javier Baez because uh, another guy who's been uh, uh, kind of hot as of late, uh, getting some uh, some more work with Addison Russell, who's uh, been hurt. Uh, he is uh, got 16 home runs, hitting 264, 307, 484 for the year. So nothing super impressive. But a guy, again, who will probably have multi-positional eligibility all over the diamond next year. Walter, what are your thoughts on Javier Baez? I really want to like him for fantasy purposes, and I hope he can put it together someday. But I think beneath the surface, it's just screaming, stay away. And what I think is going to be a pretty pricey draft day cost, you know, 28% strikeout rate up from last year. 18% swing and strike rate. That just scares the heck out of me. He's still chasing 45% of the time. I don't know. In this format uh, today in fantasy baseball, 260, 30, 10, it's valuable, but uh, I don't know how valuable it's going to be in this current, you know, offensive explosive type offense we see across the league. So I'm a little bit bearish. It just depends on where he goes in drafts. I'm not going to write him off my boards, but I want to get him at the right price. Eli, what are your thoughts on uh, Bias? Yeah, once again, I completely agree. He's fun to watch. He's versatile. He can contribute in a lot of ways. But, like, let's not let the minor league numbers, the, the hype around him or the team he plays for cloud cloud the analysis here. He doesn't run like we thought he would. He strikes out way too much. He's never going to hit for a high average because of it. He doesn't walk enough to hit in the, or hit in a good spot in the order to be a good source of runs. It's not like he's hitting a ton of homers and driving in runs. So he's not on pace for 70 runs or 70 RBIs or 25 homers or 10 steals. Uh, among shortstops, he's 19th on the player rider, 24th among third base, 25th at second base. He's going to lose third base eligibility next year. I know he's been red hot lately and he's got a ton of potential, but let's just realize that he's not a great fantasy player yet. And he's got a long way to go to become it. And I think part of the problem with uh, with his overall fantasy value as we start to kind of peek into next season is the fact that he still doesn't really have a full-time spot to play. They still use him as a Swiss Army knife, which kind of caps his overall value because he's not going to get every day at bats all the time, especially when guys are healthy. Right now, he's he's hitting every day because Addison Russell's been hurt. But, uh, you know, I mean, Ben Zobrist is still signed through 2019. They still have Kyle Schwarber, who they... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They think uh, is an outfielder. Uh, they're not moving Russell off a of shortstop. Brian at third. I mean, he just doesn't necessarily have a full-time place to play. Now, he'll get it bats, but I don't think... I mean, the draft value has just seemed to be way too high for a guy 
that isn't a full-time player. And that, to me, kind of uh, tells me everything I need to know, aside from the fact that, uh, like you guys were mentioning, chases too much, doesn't walk, strikes out too much. Uh, and I just think that this is – I think he's a fun player to watch, and I think that raises his fantasy value, especially on defense, because he is – He's got quick hands. He's great out in the field. He's charismatic and young, and I think people want or people pump up uh, players' value based on that unnecessarily because they want a guy like this to succeed. And I think we all want a guy like this to succeed because he's such a great face of uh, of Major League Baseball. But the actual production on the field and in the numbers doesn't kind of bear out that he should be on fantasy rosters for the most part. So. You know, ride him while he's hot right now and while he, he's playing every day. But I think uh, moving forward, we, we've got to kind of temper our expectations on Javier Baez. All right. Uh, that kind of uh, wraps up uh, just the, the, the regular players. I want to talk about some waiver wire ads, uh, potentially. Guys who are under-owned, uh, who are on hot streaks right now, and see if you guys want to pick them up. Uh, and then if you have any thoughts on them next year, if they have any value next year, feel free to throw that in there. So, Eli, I'll start with you this time. Hinjun Ryu, Ryu, are you interested at all in picking him up, especially considering the state of the Dodgers rotation? I'm interested in you trying to pronounce that name again. Uh, you... <laughs> Hyunjin <laughs> Ryu. There you go. Sure. Yeah, Why yeah, did... yeah. M- much better, Justin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I-, I like him a lot. He's just really solid. He's got a career 3-3-3 ERA. He's always got a good whip, decent strikeout rates. You know, I mention this all the time when we talk about Dodgers pitchers. Uh, pitching in that league and in that park is just such a huge advantage. It's uh, one thing that bothers me about him, he doesn't go deep into games, so wins and quality starts are typically going to be a problem. So if you're looking to help in those categories, he's maybe not the guy for you. But uh, if you're just looking for a lot of a bunch of solid starts that don't hurt you anywhere, give you some strikeouts, and maybe pick up a win or a quality start here and there, I, I like this guy a lot. Walter, what are your thoughts on uh, Ryu? I agree. I'm a big fan right now. His secondary stuff looks a lot better. He's getting more chases than he typically does, a few more percent than last year. And I don't think he's given up more than two earned runs since early June. It's June 11th, actually. So it's, it's been a crazy run for him. He's getting ahead of hitters, 12% swing and strike rate. Everything is just trending up. Uh, he, obviously, his health is a ticking time bomb. You just never know when he's going to have something prop up. But right now, he's healthy. He's clicking. Great division to pitch in. Great ballpark. Great offense. Everything looks great. But I think you make a good point, Eli. Some of the things he's a little bit deficient on, the quality starts to wins because he doesn't get that deep in the game. So you have to be careful about just – giving a blanket start week to week. You want to be careful, keep an eye on those categories. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say to that point, though, is last two starts, he's gone seven innings. I mean, I think the Dodgers have been very careful with him uh, kind of limiting his workload uh, because of coming off the injuries. But uh, right now, they kind of need him. Uh, You know, I mean, Alex Wood has not been uh, as good as he was, and there may be signs that they may shut him down a little bit early. Kershaw on the DL, uh, McCarthy on the DL with blister issues. You never know when Rich Hill's going to explode. I think they need uh, Ryu to uh, pitch a little bit deeper into games. They did add some bullpen help uh, over the deadline, so maybe maybe they uh, maybe they use that a little bit more to their advantage. But uh, I really like him as kind of a, a guy you can kind of pick up and ride the rest of the way, especially in shallower formats where there is pitching depth on the wire. Uh, because if he gets hurt, then you kind of drop him for somebody else. But right now, he's pitching really well. Uh, like Eli mentioned, uh, Chavez Ravine is a nice place to pitch. It's a good division to pitch in, especially uh, because you've got some bottom, uh, bottom feeder teams like the Giants and the Padres in it. So 
I, I like Ryu rest of the way. Well, I I have to disagree with you a little bit. I don't I don't think they do need him. Have you have you looked at the standings? And also September's right around the corner, so they're about to have like seventy five relievers. So I don't think anyone's going to be going deep into games because why waste the bullets now? So I don't think you're going to be getting too many more starts of six plus innings from Ryu the rest of the way. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, actually, I didn't realize, man, how far I didn't realize how far they had. I knew they were ahead really far in the division. I didn't realize how far ahead of Washington they were. Because I, I was going to say maybe they, you know, they need to press a little bit to make sure they stay ahead of Washington in the uh, in the race for best record in in the National League. But man, I, I just looked at the standings. They got uh, twelve and a half games on Washington. So never mind there. So you're right. I I, I retract my 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 previous statement. Beautiful. <laughs> let's let's talk about Russell Martin, who's been a, a little bit of a hot streak. He was a guy that I was uh, I was buying into as a kind of a cheap catching option coming the year. He's been god awful, but starting to get things going. Uh, Walter, would you pick up uh, Russell Martin? I think I would, at least in two catcher leagues. I think he's going to get some positive regression here in the batting average. I just don't know how much. I'm not a big fan of the the trending in his ground ball and his fly ball rates. He's hitting a lot of weak contact. Uh, on the ground, and so he's been unlucky. I just don't know how much we're going to see. The power, again, because of that ground ball rate, I don't know how much we're going to see there as well. So I don't want to trust him as a number one catcher, but as a number two, if he needs something there, i go get him. Eli, what are your thoughts on uh, Russell Martin? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's no nowhere close to the player he used to be, but he definitely still has value in two, in two catcher leagues and L-only leagues. It's definitely, definitely a better play in OBP leagues. He still draws a ton of walks. He's got a decent amount of power. I mean, that's pretty much all you got to get from him. Uh, one thing that used to make him kind of special was that he'd get, chip in with five to ten steals, and he was on such a good offense that the run, the power production would be better with the runs and RBIs. That's not really the case anymore, but he definitely still has some value. And like you said, he's been hot lately, so may as well ride him right now while you can. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm riding him while he's hot right now, especially in, in OBP formats because, like Eli alluded to, he, he's been almost walking 15% of the time this year. So while his average has been kind of a drag, though most catchers' averages are a drag, uh, he's actually got a, a really nice 355 OBP for a catcher. is is uh, pretty amazing. So in OBP leagues, uh, definitely want to make sure I add him. Uh, but even in average leagues, uh, I'll, I'll ride him while he's hot because the catching position has been so dreadful this year. Unless you got one of the top, you know, five to six guys, you're, you're probably hurting everywhere. So uh, let's uh, let's move on to Matt Chat or sorry, uh, Colin McHugh. Who uh, he's made uh, made a couple starts now. He's looking pretty decent. Is this the time to buy into Colin McHugh, Eli? Um, he's fine. I, he's uh, not much of a sexy name, sexy name, but he's actually had a fifth in the threes each of the last three seasons with pretty decent strikeout numbers. Obviously, he's on a good team. Uh, his velocity is right back to where it was pre-elbow injury, so that's encouraging. He's pretty solid. I don't know if they're gonna. Just like the Dodgers, they're so far ahead in the standings that they're not gonna need to push him. You know only a month after the injury. So I think you'll get uh, five, a bunch of five-inning starts with decent numbers. So I, I wouldn't look for him for wins or quality starts necessarily. But he, he's okay. Walter, what are your thoughts on McHugh? I was pretty bullish on him until that last start. He got bombed. And the thing I'm worried about is his slider usage. Uh, he talked about trying to get that back into his arsenal. And, uh, you know, it went down quite a bit, really relied on the fastball like 65% of the time in his last start. So – I'm a little bit concerned about that. Maybe it was just a blip on the radar. He didn't have the confidence that day. I'm not sure, but I'm going to kind of scale back my optimism right now. But again, the strikeout rate is always there with McHugh. So if you need that category, I'd get him. Yeah, I, I've never really been much of a McHugh guy, and I think I'm going to stay by that. 
the, the I mean, blow-up starts happen. I mean, and it can happen to anyone. And, you know, we've seen them uh, from virtually everybody uh, this season at some point getting blown up. But I just I, – I don't trust a guy with a, you know, 90-mile-an-hour fastball this day and age who doesn't have amazing stuff uh, somewhere else to, to really be a guy that I want to – rely on in fantasy. I think you stream them in, in good starts. Though I mean if you'd done that with again against the White Sox, you're 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 pretty PO'd. But uh for the most part I think he's a he's a streamer in, in, in most formats, fifteen team uh and shallower. But other than that I don't think I'm rost other than AL only, I don't think I'm rostering him uh on my team day to day. If I may, Jill, I want to circle back if I if I sure. may to the Russell Martin discussion. So Lou Blassie, my partner on SiriusXM, always tells me, try to get something out of the show for your teams. Be a little selfish. So I'm going to be selfish here. I want to ask you guys. All right. How the heck do we handle catcher next year? You mentioned how bad it's been this year, really, besides the top. And typically, the the company line is stay away from catcher early. It's so volatile. Injuries can pop up, you know, foul tip here or there. Just a demanding position wears on you. But Sanchez, Posey, Contreras just uh, dominating this year, the position heads above everybody else. I'm thinking about taking an early round pick on those guys, try to separate myself in that position across those categories. What do you think? Uh, That's what I was kind of preaching earlier this year. Uh, and I yeah, think that's right. what I'll continue to do because, I mean, especially in two, in one-catcher formats, I'm fine waiting. Go ahead and wait. In two-catcher formats, the bottom of the barrel, even just like a 12-team mix, is so bad that it, it's just a huge negative your, to your team. And so, for me, I got a lot of shares of Posey because for some reason, or because of last year's, uh, you know, struggles and injuries and stuff, his, I mean, he went from being in 2015 being, you know, a top 15 you know, to 20 player in NFBC leagues to people not wanting to take them in the first three or four rounds this year. And so I, I took Posey in a lot of spots uh, and I've benefited from it, benefited from it. Uh, and I think I will continue to try and grab one of the top three to five catchers uh, before other people snag them, because I think it just, it gives you such an advantage to be fielding a full position instead of fielding half a position from some of these other guys. Eli, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think this, yeah, you said it, you said it three to five. I think those three are obviously so great, but I'm also totally fine with Salvador Perez or JT Real Muto. Mm-hmm. So if you feel yeah. like you can get either of those two a little bit later, instead of burning an, an super early pick, then I'm, I'm all for it. But yeah, I definitely want to get one of those five because after that, it's just such a crapshoot and, all those guys split time or, or guys that I don't fully believe in for next year, like Molina at some point he's going to regress Tyler flowers. I'm not buying it as a white Sox fan. I'm really not buying this. So yeah, <laughs> uh, one of those five is, is what I want. Yeah. And I mean, I think for me, especially in your two catcher formats, if you're playing an NB- NFBC format, I think it, it, you really put yourself at a disadvantage when you uh, are playing deep in deeper leagues by not having a guy that plays very often uh, and it puts up at least a strong uh, batting average or an OBP. It, have it, playing a guy in playing a guy or much less two guys in your lineup on a day to day basis that are batting two twenty, it really it really drags down your batting average, and then it means you have to go get batting average uh, bonus guys uh, somewhere else on your team, and that can become real expensive real quick. If you're so playing if I... an OB, if you're playing an OBP league, I'd put Yasmani Grandal as the sixth guy. I'm yeah. yeah. I love, I love him in OBP leagues. 
So if I win employing the strategy, I'm going to take all the credit. But if I lose, I'm going to blame you two. I'll go back to the podcast. They gave me this advice, draft catchers early. That's why I lost. So <laughs> you should way, take the credit. You're the one who came up with this. So. <laughs> you, just, sa- just you, you sound like my wife. <laughs> yeah. My wife has been using that strategy for years. When things go well, she takes all the credit. When things don't go well, she blames it on me. I like her style. Yeah. That's a good strategy. She's yeah. a smart woman. <laughs> yeah, way to save it right, right there because you know she's going to listen to this podcast so. yeah, she stopped she's listening about to, me. to get really mad at you yeah, she stopped listening to me a decade ago haven't we all yeah exactly uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the next guy that's Matt Chapman uh, he is a young uh, corner infielder for the A's uh, could be a real interesting guy moving forward especially now that they've traded uh, Yonder Alonso to Seattle so Eli, any uh, any interest in Matt Chapman? Um, I like Matt Chapman as a player. I like him more as a real life player than a fancy player. I just feel like he's going to be a little bit of an empty power kind of guy. I know it's early, but if you look at his minor league numbers, uh, career three twenty seven OBP, n- never hits for a good average. He doesn't run, and I just feel like the A's are such garbage offensively that the runs and RBIs are never going to be there, even if he does hit a fair amount of homers. So uh, he's certainly got a lot of potential. I like I like him long term, but in terms of fantasy for the near future uh, i think he's a little bit of a flaw a very flawed player and only a one category guy at this point really walter what are your thoughts on matt chapman yeah i agree i mean going from the pcl to oakland is going to be quite the change for him but i still think he has the power to manage to contribute in that category but yeah the strikeout rate way too high for me 32 percent and for this year, I am a little bit bearish, but I think you're right. Long term, I could see him working out some of those strikeouts. He's got a really good walk rate in the majors, did in the minors. He knows the you know strike zone pretty well, just has to tame that swing down a little bit. And hey, if you need power, go get him. And right now is the time where you're going to make these really quirky decisions where in, in some leagues you might bench, say, Billy Hamilton if you're ahead in steals already and you want power, you might put in Chapman, that kind of thing, because he can make a difference in that one category. Yeah, I mean, he is somewhat of an empty power guy, though he does walk uh, a fair amount of time. He's put up double-digit walk rates uh, virtually all throughout the minor leagues uh, and is putting up an almost 10% walk rate so far in a limited sample this year. Uh, I just worry that the lineup around him isn't great, uh, and, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see them trade another two or three guys uh, through a waiver trade. Uh, rest of the way, I and God, the average is just such a drag if you're playing in an average league. I mean, at least the on-base percentage becomes a little bit more usable, but even that's dragged down by the fact he's only in 222 uh, in terms of batting average. So I, I think if, if you're looking for power source, uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind going with Chapman in a deeper format, but I also think there are other guys on the waiver wire that might actually give you around the same amount of power and not destroy you in the batting average department which can move a little bit more than I think some people kind of give it credit for in Roto this late in the season. The rate stats actually can move pretty easily up and down. So uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily bank on Matt Chapman unless I'm in a 15-team league or deeper. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Andrew Kashner because uh, he's been uh, pretty decent as of late. I know he had his, his start scratched uh, the other day because of kind of neck stiffness, but it doesn't seem to be anything too serious. Eli, are you buying in on uh, Kashner? Not really. Have you looked at that strikeout rate? It's horrifying. Just and less than a strike, uh, half. Uh, it's like four and a half strikeouts per nine. It's just uh, he's so inconsistent. He's fine occasionally, but uh, I don't like where he's pitching. I don't like that he doesn't get any strikeouts whatsoever. Um, I'd rather just stream a little bit. There's no reason to keep him on your roster for the rest of the season. No, no way. 
All right. Walter, any thoughts on Kashner? Yeah, I think he's probably more of a points league guy and maybe a deep mixed league streamer. But uh, I agree, the strikeout rate is really going to hurt you. I, I do like the fact that he's getting more ground balls and his changeup's been a bit better this year. Uh, you know, ISO is way down on that pitch, over 70 points uh, this year. So he's getting lefties out a little bit better than he has in the past. And I like that. I think it's a consistent option. Maybe if you need some wins, go ahead and get him in some standard mixed leagues. But I think, yeah, really deep mixed leagues and some points formats. Yeah, it's a little concerning, the the complete lack of strikeouts this year. I mean, I, there, there have been moments where we thought he would turn into an elite strikeout guy and uh, times where he's kind of flashed that. But I think we all thought he was going to be kind of a unsteady commodity because uh, he was going to give up too many home runs or walk too many guys. I don't think anybody really thought the strikeouts would disappear, but he's been good otherwise, not giving up uh, home runs really this year, keeping the the rate stats uh, really nicely in place, but not striking anybody out whatsoever. So uh, it's, it's a little disconcerting. I almost wonder if there is maybe some injury uh, stuff, or maybe if the 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 amount of injuries he's had over the course of his career has just limited his ability to really get uh, get some stuff behind his pitches. So I think he's a. I agree with you guys. I think he's kind of a streamer moving forward. You use him if you think you got a nice matchup to kind of sneak a win or quality start. But uh, usually when I'm streaming guys too, I, I aim for some more strikeout upside. But uh, so he's probably not the most interesting guy left. Uh, yeah, look at his career numbers. Even when he was like good, he wasn't even that good. I'm, it was like, uh, it was always it was, projection with him. It was always uh, this guy's people really thinking that this guy was ready to take the next step. Um, it was it was yeah. never it was never backed up by uh, actual performance on the field. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's only had 130 strikeouts or more once, and that year he had uh, six wins and a 4.34 ERA, and then he's only had 10 wins once. Uh, it's been pretty ugly for most of his career, honestly. I think you guys are right, too. He's probably battling some injuries. He's always you know, had some kind of nagging injury bothering him, whether it's arm or neck or back. And right now it's his neck, and he's probably been fighting through that for most of the season. Who knows, right? A lot of these guys don't tell when they have these little nagging injuries. So I bet he's probably not really confident in his fastball. He's going to his junk right now, and it's working. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up a little bit shorter episode. I should have put more guys on the, the show notes. Uh, but that, that that's all we got for today. Walter, thank you for joining us. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Anytime. I'm happy to be back on. And, um, you know, I'm going to use that advice next year, hopefully dominate some leagues. Definitely should. And we'll definitely have you back on, uh, you know, sometime in the spring and get your opinion on some uh, uh, 2018 ball. But, uh, again, remind people where they could read all your stuff, listen to you, uh, and then where they could reach you on social media. Yeah, I'm at Twitter at Walter Kaberski, InsiderBaseball.com, MLB.com, and SiriusXM starting in the spring. And, hey, I think everybody should just uh, – Finish hard right now. We have seven weeks left in the fantasy baseball season. I've seen a lot of leagues change dramatically in these last six, seven weeks. And so I think if you're within 10, 15 points, you just never know. Keep working hard and maybe get that title. I think it's a really good point. It's something I try to preach is right now, especially is the time where people, a lot of people start transitioning over to football. And, you know, we we, we love football um, just as much as the next guy. But uh, this is the time where you can catch some people napping and uh, maybe yeah. catch Eli in, in your three-sport uh, standings. So. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like A lot of teams on the bottom of the standings, they just stop setting their lineup. So you can really gain a point or two in a bunch of different categories just by setting your lineup every day. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Eli, I know you're not working on anything, but where can you uh, people reach you on uh, social media? 
you can find me on Twitter at Eli FWFB, and maybe my fans can grow from one to two after this podcast. <laughs> and you can hear Eli on the Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we just released uh, – uh, you and Mike did uh, an NFC West preview, uh, and you and I will probably get together uh, here pretty soon and, and record some more episodes. So check us out over on the Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, that's getting going. And then you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason, FWFB. You can email me or the show, friends of fantasy benefits at gmail.com. Uh, read all my work over at Fangraphs, where I write four to five times a week, over or uh, on friends of fantasy benefits.com. Uh, you can also hear me on the Tout Wars Hour uh, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, on the, that is Thursdays, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, 6 to 8 Pacific. Uh, you can, uh, If you're unable to tune in then, you can always listen in, to us on IR Radio, TuneIn app, or on iTunes where you can get all the replays of that every day. So that's, uh, that's that. That's going to wrap us up. Relay Walter, and myself, thank you for listening. A fantastic baseball season. Every night I get you on the telephone. We sleep and we talk and we play till the dawn. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.